Welcome to Mikazi.tv, my international sports and sports comedy podcast. Well, a crazy, bizarre week in sports. Let's start with Oakland Raiders wide receiver Henry Ruggs III driving like a maniac very fast in a fancy sports car late at night, twice over the blood alcohol limit, crashes into a car, kills a young lady and her dog, he will be in a lot of trouble for a very long time. Absolute stupidity and uh, RIP to the lady and her dog. Aaron Rodgers, the star NFL quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, tests positive for COVID-19. And many people are calling him a liar. Mike Florio, former lawyer, NBC PFT podcast, basically called him a liar. I'm not happy, big fan of Aaron Rodgers, but he's let the team down and hopefully he gets fined, suspended, all sorts of craziness. As you'll hear, I talk about that in the upcoming show from last night on Sports Grid. OBJ, Odell Beckham Jr. gets released from the Cleveland Browns shit on my pants, eh? He's a shocker. The former Giants... Pretty boy, fancy boy, fancy hair, me, me, me. Anyway, I'm kind of on his side here. For some reason, Baker Mayfield didn't throw to him. So who will pick up OBJ, the former very good wide receiver? And on Friday morning, I wake up to the news that the legend SANFL, Aussie Rules football player, Russell Ebert, Port Adelaide player, and coach, and he coached me and the boys at Woodville from 1988 to 1990. Died at age of 72 of leukemia. More on that in the show coming. Let's now go to my segment last night on New York Sports Grid TV, talking NFL and CFL with Gabe and Cam. All right, let's talk some football. I want to get into the cage. We have our best bet still coming up right now. It's 15-3 at the half for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Let's bring in uh, Mick Aussie right now. I want to talk NFL football, but before we do, Mick, are you getting ready to go to the game tonight? Are you going? Saskatchewan uh, Rough Riders and the Edmonton Elks? Absolutely, mate. Getting straight after your show. I'm getting a lift there. But get this. There's a band playing in the spirit of Edmonton. Best band name ever. It's called Morning Wood. M O U R N I N G. Yeah, Morning Wood. Yeah, I know those guys. Yeah, yeah Morning Wood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> morning Wood. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. You like that, Nick? Yeah? <laughs> Nick loves it. He loves Morning Wood. Yeah, there's some Canadian indie rock band, Morning Wood. <laughs> yeah, morning Wood. That's great. Yes. I guess they have to have something to get people to go to the game, huh? Yeah. The question oh, is, will there, be a, will there be a happy ending? what's your prediction yeah yeah. what's your prediction for the uh the game tonight uh let me get the updated point spread uh, here i mean you guys are terrible saskatchewan are in the playoff push right now they're playing good football cody fajardo's playing good football the defense has stepped Mm -hmm. up it's uh it's currently six and a half five is minus six and a half uh, no, they have Ellingson out, they have Darrell Walker out, and they have the uh, 
the great running backs out. And I tell you what, normally there's like 35 to 40% Ryder fans at the Calgary or Edmonton game. Well, tonight I am confident. I reckon the Ryder fans will outnumber the Elks fans because the Oilers are playing as well at the same time. Oh, that's true. Mm, good point. Uh, great Excellent information, point. man. Injuries, Oilers yep. are playing, the Oilers. Elks suck. Oh, great, great information. I love Ooh. it. I'm laying the points. Good call. Now. I love it. Yeah, good call. Injuries, uh, Oilers are playing. Red Rough Rider Nation's going to take that the stadium over. Good, good stuff. All right, let's get into the NFL. What do you think, Mick? Um, Green Bay Packers with Jordan Love going to Kansas City. They're getting seven points. Where's that on the NFL knowledge and uh, mixed gut uh, gut feel list? Well, this is the knowledge that I will say that no one else has the gumption to say. There's love in the air. Now, if if Aaron <laughs> Rodgers stayed with Danica Patrick and didn't fall in love with this new lady, he wouldn't have been on this herbal medicine, whatever, and he would have got the jab and he'd be playing. So I blame this new woman. And you should have Cheyenne Woodley. Danica Patrick. And Morning, I Woodley. What else? I tell you what else, Gabe. He should be suspended for not wearing masks. And if, if Tom Brady got four games for telling the guy to deflate the ball. Aaron Rodgers should have played his last game for the Packers. He should be suspended. And I've always been a big fan of Aaron, but no, he screwed up huge and he needs to pay the penalty. I hate to admit it right now after all these years, but that deflate gate stuff was pretty stupid. Makes <laughs> on to something, Gabe. This is worse. Though- Rodgers lying. He's a consummate liar. He's a professional liar. No, he, he played hard. the word game in which he said, I didn't lie. Nobody followed yeah. up the question. <laughs> listen, I don't, for me, and it's, it was a fascinating interview with Pat McAfee today. Yeah. Listen, my it's only on thing when he talked, when he, when he talked about, like he did a lot of research and he spoke with Joe Rogan. So, so what Aaron, if you need knee surgery, are you going to speak to Alex Jones about it? You're going to get like, <laughs> never mind Dr. Shane Andrews anymore. Just go to Joe Rogan. You know, Cam, that golf ball in your stomach, just watch Joe Rogan podcast. See, Rogan is a comedian, people. He's a comedian. He's an actor, comedian. Like, why don't you ask Dana White for medical advice, too? I know. Hey, why not? I'm sure Dana's popping horse pills, too. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, all right. Like, it's just that, that, that was the part that blew my mind. He goes, oh, you know, I learned a lot from Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan is a podcaster, bro, that does UFC. He's not a doctor. <laughs> like, yeah. like, it's Good just, point. But all right. But my whole deal with Aaron Rodgers is I don't care what he It's his body. It's his choice. It is. But my thing is I'm just from the old Bo Schembechler school, Cam. The team, the team, the team. We have a common goal to win the Me Super too. Bowl. To, for us yeah. to win the Super Bowl, we need to get home field advantage. We can't get home field advantage if you're not here for a couple of games. and We lose these games. We'll see if, like, all you Packer fans who think he's a hero, like you're anti-vaxxers and stuff. You'll say, you ask yourself how cool you think it is when the Packers lose on the road in the playoffs now, and you go, damn, man, if we didn't lose those two games, man, we could have had home field advantage. Like, you know what I mean? Fine. But you know what I mean? It, it just is what it is. But with that being stated, I think Jordan Love is going to play well and it's going to drive Aaron Rodgers crazy. Because you know Aaron Rodgers deep down inside wants Jordan Love to fail. Right? So, and, and, and remember what I said earlier, Cam, and Mick, you played sports, Mick. How many guys on that team are sick of Aaron Rodgers. You know what I mean? He thinks he's bigger than the team. He doesn't show up. You know what I mean? He's always bitching. And not just sick of it, but more so you see it all the time. 
They want to show that, hey, we're not just Aaron Rodgers. We're seven-point underdogs. They're going to know. Someone's going to tell them, guys, like, we're seven-point underdogs. They think you suck, right? They're going to play for Jordan Love hard, and then and never mind. Jordan Love has a chance to really step up here because they love controversy, and Aaron Rodgers doesn't like to be criticized or questioned. He is thin-skinned. I no. like his honesty, but he is thin-skinned. And it will drive him crazy if Jordan Love throws like four touchdown passes, Cam, and lights it up, buddy. I, t- I guarantee it. <laughs> I agree. I agree with everything you said there. 100%. Thank you. Thank you. Who well, you got, Mick? The line's too big. Gut, gut feel? I'm calling. I'm telling you right now. Packers win the game outright. Gut feel. Chiefs have been terrible. Let's be honest. I had Packers early in the week put some money on them to win, but no, I think. I think they'll cover, and I hope they win. There you go. I really hope they win because the Chiefs are average and then the same division as the Denver Broncos. And, hey, we're not out of it. We're four and four. We're not out of it. We traded. You're out of it. I know that, but we're not out of it. You're out of it. Parker says you're out of it. No, you're out of it. You're out of it. says you're out of it. Chief fan says you're out of it. You're out of it. You're out of it. You're out of it. You believe this no, guy Parker? We're not out of it. You, what do you mean you're not? I let know it, Mick. Stick to your gun. Stick to your guns, there, Bronco. You don't listen to these guys, Mick. You still believe you're a good fan, unlike me, who ripped the Seahawks every week. Hey, Cam, are the Broncos in or out? In or out? They're probably they're probably out. But uh, I, I just like mixed positivity. That's all. No, no, no you're, you're a real fan. You're four and four. You still have a yeah. chance, guys. Cool, yeah. Mick. The Broncos still have a chance to go thirteen and four, buddy. It's the way I look at it. If I was on the team, I'd be like, we can still have to go 13 and four. Exactly. Damn right. More of Mick on the other side. All right. We got, man, this show's just flying by. Where else are you going to get entertainment like this and winners like we've been giving you on the show so yep. far tonight? Although the CFL game could be going better, but everything else rolling along uh, here. There's this Kevin Lowe ceremony still going on. What's your best bets? We'll just cut to the chase. What are your best bets, Mick? All right, I think the right the Ravens will destroy those underachieving, useless, terrible Vikings. They're a disgrace. I think the Ravens will absolutely win very well. Minus six, I think Whoa. they am, they'll win by ten or more. I think the Rams will win and cover without Derek Henry. They're in trouble initially. Von Miller might not play, but I am now also a Rams fan. They're one of they're one of my number two teams now. I think the Bengals will recover from that terrible loss last week. They cost my six-team multi-parlay because the Bengals lost to the Jets. And I tell you what, mate, be careful, Gabe, because those Patriots are coming after your Bills. I think the Patriots will win against the Panthers. So there's four of my best bets against the spread, the plus-minus, as you say. All right, you don't. <laughs> As we say, well, I didn't create it, Mick. It's, I didn't make the system. It just it's just what it's called. It's, it's just what yeah. it's called. Yeah, listen, the Patriots are playing better football. They're not coming for my Bills. Don't, I'm not worried about the Patriots. The only yeah. the only opponent the Bills have are the Bills. Just gotta as long as they 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 stay focused, they'll be fine. They'll, they'll be fine. I know Parker they will disagree, but Parker, you got to worry about the uh, you got to worry about the Packers. The only thing we all agree on, Mick, is that uh, the Broncos are toast, and not just uh, toast, but burnt toast, burnt. Like it's like done. Can't get camera. I think, I think they burnt. cover against Dallas. I'll take the ten points, please, with the donkeys. And thank you, sir. So you're calling them well, the donkeys, and you're trusting them? <laughs> yes, I do. I think uh, I think Dallas just points. like they win. 
It's a lot of points. I think I think Cowboys Dallas wins by seven like seven or eight. Yeah, yeah, they're seven and zero yeah. against the spread. Are they really going to cover every game? No. Now they're laying nine they're and a half. Ten. It's ambitious, but no. I'll Von take Miller. Denver. I don't. I'm not saying Denver's going to win the game outright, but I think they compete. Dak Prescott's coming off an injury. We'll see. I just think Denver keeps it closer than people think. Lose by a touchdown. I'll throw a game at you guys right now. San Francisco's going to beat Arizona, and I get like in on San this Francisco. now because I don't think I don't think Kyler Murray's going to play. I don't either. I saw. I see a quote right now from Kingsbury. We have to do what's best. He won't play unless he's 100. percent Blah blah blah. That's. I'll get the exact quote, but sounds to me like they're leaning with him not playing. They're thinking big picture. Hey, great stuff, Mick. Enjoy the game. I'll watch uh, yep. one of your 99 videos that you make tonight at uh, at this football yeah, game. Seriously, you and you and Clam Chowder put your videos man. together. Holy jeez, man, that's a that's a big timeline. <laughs> Hey, Mick, well, remember there's a game you. going on when you're there. I right? love you, Mick. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Hi, hey, I'm here with the Stormtrooper. Your, your buddy who dresses hey, up like the, a Transformer. Uh, what's you the Rough Riders there? mascot name? Gainer? Gainer. Yeah, Ga- Ga- yeah. Gainer. Yeah, he's a brown dog. Yeah, go Gainer. Even like Sal Candor's a video. I think you had it, Mick. It was great. It was gold. Or you tweeted or something. It was the game last week, Edmonton camp. Even the elk mascots like beaten down. He was just like walking yeah, up the steps. Uh, like he, like yeah, a, yeah, no, he gave yeah, up like it, entertaining. <laughs> he was just like he had a hard time getting up the steps with his feet. He was just like the team was losing. <laughs> no one cared as he was walking by. Everyone's just depressed sitting there. He was like, God, what's what's the elk's name? What's the mascot of the Edmonton Elks? Oh, I don't know, but he's dressed as an elk. But there was another guy there with a football head called the Punter, so I enjoyed interviewing him. But seriously, I got told I got told I can't drink Pilsner as an Elks fan, but I'm going to be drinking Pilsner tonight because it's cheap beer tonight. They got to do something to get people there. It's the cheapest beer in the liquor store, Kate. Two dollars a kick can. I used to crush Pilsner. Huh? Yeah, Pilsner. It's the beer of uh, Fubar, uh, Saskatchewan, Manitoba. Yeah, it's yeah. A, a party beer. Pilsner. Pilsner. All right. Enjoy yeah. your Pilsners, Mick. Thanks for stepping up. Enjoy Pilsner. the game. Thanks, Mick. All right. Later, Good Mick. luck this weekend. See ya. Well, that was, again, a lot of fun talking NFL and CFL and some laughs with Gabe and Cam. Went to the football at the CFL game. We're outside at the Spirit of Edmonton and there's a band playing, so I thought that was Morning Wood. But no, they had another band and uh, Morning Wood were playing inside at the Jackie Parker room. So we went in there afterwards and had I had a chat to Luke from the band, tell him how he talked about his great band name on the show tonight. Also this week was the Melbourne Cup. There's something like seven to seven and a half million dollar prize money. The race that stops the nation of Australia. Well, the winner was very elegant. Incentivized came second, was a hot favourite. But I actually uh, used to get friends with a former Melbourne Cup winner. Seriously, not the jockey, the horse. He's probably thinking I'm talking bullshit. But I didn't. I'm not. I got friends with the 1977 Melbourne Cup winner, Gold and Black. True. As you hear my readings from my grandfather's book, number six to number eight, was called that because he retired at number eight Lynch Avenue, Gawler West. Well, right behind his house, joining the backyard, was Jimmy Martin's place, and Jimmy Martin was the... 
horse marshal at the tracks in Adelaide, the guy in the fancy coat riding a beautiful horse, that after the horse wins a race, he goes up next to it, grabs its reins and leads it to the winner's circle and other jobs on the track. Yep, so Golden Black was in the back stables adjoining my grandfather's house and I used to go and sit and have a bit of a chat kind of spiritually. No, the horse knew I was there looking at it. So yeah, got friends with Golden Black, the 1977 Melbourne Cup winner. Well, as I mentioned at the start of the show, the legend South Australian footballer Russell Ebert died at age of 72 of leukemia. Graham Corns did a fantastic interview with him several weeks ago. So Russell knew he was coming to an end. He coached Woodville from 1988 to 90. And that was the same year that I got recruited to Woodville Warriors in the SANFL. So it was amazing to be coached and get to know Russell Ebert. Some of the initial memories are pre-season training. We would do triathlons around West Lakes and he had a beautiful house in West Lakes, which is a nice area near the beach in South Australia. Then afterwards, a few times, we went back to his house for barbecue. He had a tennis court, so that was also fun to play tennis. Legend, Russell Ebert, rest in peace. So this is a little segment that I did several months ago, talking a couple of stories about Russell Ebert. So I'll replay those stories right now. Also, Russell Ebert on 446. Port Adelaide legend, four-time McGarry medalist. That's the best and fairest player in the SANFL. And also for the North Melbourne Kangaroos in the VFL he played. Well, I know Russell... He's currently not going too well. He's battling cancer. He did a video for the Port Adelaide Power recently. Blighty and Wildy often talk about how he's going, so he's uh, in a real fight right now, Russell. Well, my first year at Woodville, he was the coach. So I grew up thinking what a magnificent player and to play under him. I'll tell a couple of stories. Oh, we got beaten. I think it was in a trial game because we were training at a different oval. Then on a Tuesday night, oh, he was mad. Russell was mad. So we had a, a scratch match amongst ourselves. Russell decides to play. Like he'd retired a couple of years earlier, but he was so mad. He's running around getting more kicks than probably anyone. So I think he probably thought like playing again for Woodville. Great player. Great player. Now, also in Perth, on the football trip, we went to uh, Rottnest Island, rode the bicycles around, went to the pub, great trip back on the boat, we're on the beers, I did an arm wrestle with Ralphie, zip zap sewer, we had like a rink set up, oh, it was awesome, the boys were arm wrestling on the ground, and then we get back to this parklands, and we played the broom game. I don't know if you guys have played the broom game, but you hold the broom next to you and you spin around 10 times while you look up into the sky. Now you can't even do this sober without going ass up. 
So all the boys had some beers and we're all going flying into the guys and onto the grass. Well, Russell, Russell goes near the end. So probably like 20 of us have already tried it. None of us could stand up because after you spin around 10 times, you got to throw the broom on the ground and then step over it. Well, as you try and step over it, you just go ass up and spin backwards and go flying into the ground. It's funny, try it in your backyard sometime. It's a great game, but be a bit careful. So Russell comes up. Russell had a couple of beers. He'd had a few beers that day, not too many. But like I said, you can't even do this sober. Well, Russell goes and does it, and guess what? He completed the task. He spun around 10 times, stepped over the broom, and then quietly sat down. Honestly, I was next to Stewie Totham, and we looked at each other and gone, my God, he even beats us at that. So yes, Russell was the only one out of all the players that completed the broom game. So there's a great story of how much balance and how great he was. He even beat us at that. Well, then as we uh, continued off, Ralphie walks along the street and he gets his shorts up his ass and all the car horns are beeping. It was hilarious. Maybe that's where I got my ideas from uh, doing it at BC Place and then Hawaii. Check that out in my movie and on McWeb TV. Russell Ebert, good luck in the future as he battles cancer. Let's continue with betting for beginners. I'm up to part eight and now I'll explain some betting terminology. A push, well what happens when a push occurs is the company, the betting company will give your money back. Because let's say the plus minus was three points and the Broncos were favored by three and they won by exactly three, well then that falls right on the line and thus is called a push. Another term is called a hedge, not a garden hedge. Well, I used to have to bloody well cut and trim and pick up the pick all up the, <laughs> the leaves and that when I was younger at Rosewood. That was a pain in the ass before we built the fence. So a hedge, a hedge is when you bet on the opposite team of your existing bet that you have. So I did this once last year. I had. A lot of money line multis on the NFL, and if the Saints beat the Raiders on the Monday night, well then I was due to win thousands of dollars in these money line multi combinations. So thus, I hedged the bet and put a separate bet on the other team, the Raiders to win, and then I covered myself so I would still win some money, but not as much, thus to hedge a bet. Another term you might hear is called a backdoor cover. And this occurs mainly with higher spreads. So if a team is up by, say, 21 points and they're favoured to win by, say, 15 or 16, and then the opposite team scores a late touchdown in garbage time, and thus they can do a backdoor cover and cover the point spread. Bill Belichick, when the New England Patriots were very good, would often not cover the spread because he knew his team would win and he would play safe and then the other team might do the backdoor cover. 
Let's now continue the readings for my grandfather's amazing book and he's still on the west coast of South Australia. I was having a recurrence of my back trouble so I was forced to sell the Tumby Bay property and return to Rudale. We rented a small house in Rudale Township and I was offered a job with the waterworks to take charge of the pumping station at Tucky. This was an easy job as there were three of us attending to a 40 horsepower diesel engine in three eight hour shifts. We had to camp on the job in tent, tents and it was a seven day a week job. They had built a two million gallon tank at Dark Peak and as there was not enough pressure in the mains to carry the water up this grade, it had to be pumped during the summer months. This job lasted about nine months, and as we were receiving about $6 over the basic wage, I was sorry to see this job cut out. During the two years that we lived in the township, I did odd jobs around the farms after the pumping job was completed. In February 1950, I went to work for DC McCullum at Rudale. We lived on his son's farm four miles from Rudar, but this did not turn out to be a very successful move. The trouble started when we were taking our furniture from Rudar to this farm by car and large trailer. I had two broken ribs one day when I was attaching the trailer to the car. At the time, I didn't know they were broken, but every morning when I started the tractor, I was in a lot of pain, so I went to the doctor who confirmed the ribs were broken and strapped them up. A few years previous to this, I had a cyst taken off my jaw, and it was gradually growing back until one day it burst, and this had me worried as I thought of all sorts of things as my health was deteriorating. I had the cyst removed again, but this time it was a bigger operation and of course this affected my nerves. I was unable to do my work properly, so when the harvest was completed, I told Mr McCullum that I did not think I, I was capable of continuing for another year. I then got a job with Mr Brandon on the neighbouring farm. This suited us very well as the work was much lighter and as Mr. and Mrs. Brandon were retiring and going to live in Port Lincoln, they wanted someone to live on the farm and look after their son, Reg, who was single. The home was a large six-roomed house with a veranda all around it. During the four years I was employed at the Brandons, my health improved and I was able to shear a sheep again and do other heavier jobs, which I had been unable to do in the past few years. Kevin and Marlene were now attending their area school in Cleve, going there each day by school bus. Kevin finished his education at the area school and did well in his final examination. In these four years, I became involved in the welfare of the district. My main interest was the tennis club. I was president for two years and with good support from the members, we were able to put down bitumen courts and made several other improvements. And I was also on the Hall Committee and the member of the Tucky branch of the Agricultural Bureau and, of course, deeply involved in the Owsborough Park Football Club. I played football for this club prior to the Second World War. Well, as you can see, a lot of sport in our background with my grandfather, my dad, and, of course, 
I uh, love sport.